guys. This is Cliff Knight from Equippers International. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We want to lift up Jesus and provide a place where you can be taught the truth and encouraged in your relationship with Him. If you find this podcast helpful, feel free to share it with others. We believe it will be a source of blessing and encouragement and that you'll be strengthened in your relationship with Jesus. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Equippers International podcast. This is Cliff Knipe, and I'm going to be your host today. We're going to continue in today's episode and call it part three on identity. Uh, the title of this specific episode will be Members of the Body of Christ. Before I get into that, let me just make a couple of comments by way of introduction. We're recording today on location in Arkansas at Stephanie's parents' uh, river house. We've been here on and off over the holidays. It's been a great retreat time for us as we prepare to depart America. As many as you know, we'll be leaving for Italy in one week from today. And so we appreciate any prayers and, uh, and thoughts for us as we put on the final touches of making our departure to our new home in Italy. And we'll surely keep you updated with all those things as they progress in the coming weeks. But let's get down into our topic of today's episode. As you know, if you've been following along in the podcast, I've been dealing with the um, subject of identity. We've spoken about the importance of living out of our identity, understanding who we are as believers, as Christians, and how important that is and how it actually shapes and frames how we interact with life situations, how we engage God as we engage other people, engage ourselves. All these things are so dynamically important in our journey as believers. And sometimes in my experience, I know personally, and as I relate to other people, I've found that most, uh, or not most, a lot of people uh, struggle with understanding who they are. We've spoken about identity in terms of just that fact. Uh, we're not talking about things that we do, but we're talking about a condition of, of what we are. So we've spoken about the importance of our spiritual identity. And in the first episode, uh, just by way of review, we talked about how important it is to understand what identity is, why it's important to live from a place of identity. And and being grounded in that place. We talked about the importance of faith and how it's, it's, it's essential that we engage the truth about who God says we are. And we spoke a little bit about in that session about how we can uh, have troubles in our thinking because we've believed for a long time certain things about ourselves that when we become Christians and we come to the Lord by faith and God does some significant things in our lives and hearts, how it's a process of us through believing the truth, the truth begins to transform our minds and our lives, and it begins to ultimately bring us into that place of freedom that the Lord's designed us to live in. So we talked about some about that. So uh, I think one of the key thoughts that we took away from that first session was just understanding that identity has everything to do with who we are. And so when we talk about identity, we talk in terms of being verbs like I am and you are, not in terms of doing, but in terms of being. In the session two, we moved into a little more particulars and we started talking about the fact that as a result of us coming into a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, 
there is a very real experience of a new birth, a new creation in which we're brought into relationship with God as sons and daughters. And so now, as a result of that, our identity is rooted and grounded in our relationship with God as our Father. And we talked about that in the second session. I'm not going to talk much more about that in this session, but let's move on. Now, when I, when I talk about identity, there's so many different uh, little rivers and streams I could take into th- this topic, but I really want to stay kind of focused on some real fundamentals first. Maybe in, in, in episodes to come, we can start unpacking these things kind of at the second level, if you will, as we start peeling the onion back and looking into it in, in more deeper ways. But I just want to stay focused on the on what I believe to be some of the most significant kind of I am statements for the believer. So I am a new creation and I am a son. You are a son and daughter of God. Today, I'm going to take up what I believe to be a very important element of our identity. Uh, if I look at the scriptures and I look at the, the New Testament, the apostolic teaching of the New Testament, I see this theme coming up over and over again, mostly in the Apostle Paul and his writings. Uh, so I want to take that up today and I want to talk to you about being a member of the body of Christ. You might say, well, what do you mean by that? You know, what, what does it mean to be a member of the body of Christ? Well, before I answer that question, I want to do a little bit of groundwork for us and so that we can put this in the proper framework, because just like other areas of our identity, this specific area has, I think, not gotten the proper press that it deserves, a proper understanding from a biblical perspective, because a lot of us, if we're honest, when we when we become Christians, we obviously get involved in church and we start identifying ourselves as believers based on our church connection. Now, at the very surface level, there may be nothing wrong with that. And I am pro-church. I'm pro-people walking together in relationship and experiencing God and learning about God and worshiping God and and doing things together as groups of people. I am 100% for that. But like many things with our identity, if things don't go down into a deeper level of our belief system, a lot of times we can miss the real richness of the essence of things, okay? So that's really my motivation is because I believe God wants us to live from a deep place of knowing and a deep place of conviction, and and, and that creates value. It creates a meaningfulness, if you will, in our journey with the Lord. I mean, so it's one thing, for example, to say, I'm a son of God or I'm a daughter of God, but it's another thing to really journey at the deeper place and what that means for our lives, what the benefits are, what the the nature of that relationship with God is as our Father. We spoke about some of that in the previous episode. So today we're going to talk about this notion of being a member of the body of Christ. Now, To do this, I want to first just define what I believe the Bible teaches about the body of Christ. And I think you'll be surprised that there is a very direct and significant connection between the church and the body of Christ. I want to read two little scriptures to you. One is in Ephesians 1, verse 22. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says there. 
And he, meaning God, put all things in subjection under his, meaning Jesus' feet, and gave him, Jesus, as head over all things to the church, which is the body, which is his body. All right. And then again in Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, Paul makes this statement. Colossians 1, verse 18. It says that Jesus, he is also head of the body, the church. Now, Paul makes use uh, grammatically, if we do a little bit of Bible study here, this is something in English that we would call the use of an apostrophe. An apostrophe is a grammatical tool by which we say something, and then we further define it. We put a comma, and then we put an apostrophe statement. So, for example, if we say, Cliff... The son of Tommy Knipe. Cliff's enough. Cliff is a standalone thing. It's me. But we further identify who I am as the son of Tommy Knipe. That's my father. So that son of Tommy Knipe would be an apostrophe. This is what Paul does when he speaks of the church. And this is actually only two significant places where Paul connects these ideas in this passage in Ephesians 1. And again, in Colossians 1, he says that the church is the body and the body is the church. So when he speaks about the body, he says Jesus is the head of the body, comma, the church. So Paul didn't think of the church in any other terms other than it being the body of Christ. Now, where would he have picked up this notion well, here's, here's my theory. I believe it's pretty strong in its, in its biblical foundation. It's more than a theory. It's a strong conviction of mine. But it, let's just recount what happened in Paul's life on the way to Damascus in Acts chapter 9. If you've read that story, you know that Paul was on the way to Damascus, and he was sent with letters of authority from the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, to persecute the church of Jesus Christ in the earliest days of the church. This was probably within a couple of years, if not sooner, uh, after Pentecost. All this was happening in the book of Acts. Stephen has, has died, and Paul stood by and wholeheartedly gave his approval of the stoning of Stephen. And Paul is setting out now to continue on his road of persecution of the, of the church, to, to bring people into prison, to, to persecute them, to probably kill Christians. And now Paul's on his way to do this, and he's on a road to Damascus, and you know the story. Jesus speaks to him from heaven, knocks him down, causes him to be blind, and he makes this statement. He says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul, at that point, Saul, hadn't received his name change yet. Saul speaks, and he says, Lord, who are you? So Saul was aware that he was hearing a voice from heaven. He was aware that it couldn't be anything other than the Lord speaking. Now, we know if we follow the timeline, this is now obviously long after the time when Jesus had ascended back into heaven. So now Jesus, in his, in his heavenly a, a place of being ascended and sitting at the right hand of the Father, he speaks to Saul on the road to Damascus, and, and he answers Saul's question. Again, he says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. So Jesus makes this statement, and I'm convinced that this statement hit Saul 
soon to be Paul, at the deepest level of his understanding. And I personally think that it took a while for Paul to make these connections. We know, uh, without going into much detail, we know that Paul took some time away, at least three years. He went uh, and he was away in Arabia, and there were a, a number of years he talks about there in the book of Galatians as he recounts his own testimony, upwards of 14 years that he was kind of out of commission before he ever started really going into ministry when Barnabas took him back to Antioch, and they ultimately commissioned them out <clears throat> as apostles. What am I saying? What I'm saying is that Paul sat with this idea, and think about it. Now, Paul is busy laying hands on, persecuting, imprisoning, killing Christian people, and Jesus speaks to him from heaven, and he says, why are you persecuting me? I am Jesus who you are persecuting. You make the connection. Jesus has a body, and his body is not just a mystical expression of people somewhere in the earth. No, his body is Christians. It is a profound understanding of our identity because here's what happens. When we come to faith in the Lord, we are made to become members of of his body. Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians, probably one of the most practical passages in the Bible on the body of Christ. I won't take time to go through all of it, obviously, in this in this episode. Maybe we'll revisit it later, but you can go back and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But he makes a couple significant statements, and he says there, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, he says, For even as the body is one, yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek or slave or free, and we were made to drink of the same Spirit. Later down in the passage, he says in verse 27, Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. Paul's understanding of the believer's life was that we are individually members of one body. Jesus only has one body. And if the body is the church and the church is the body and Jesus only has one body, then Jesus only has one church. Now, you might say, well, Cliff, what about all the churches? Well, Sure, there are many expressions in the natural, and I don't have time in this episode to start unpacking how all this came about over the last 2,000 years. Needless to say, it's my understanding and my conviction that a lot of it was not according to the heart and the will of God, but we're not going to we're not going to fix 2,000 years of things that have happened. But what we can do is we can renew our minds into this foundational truth concerning our identity is that we are first and foremost members of the body of Christ. The reason why a lot of times we don't speak about it in this way is because we think about our participation in the Christian life in terms of our church involvement. And again, I was heavy on the first part of this episode in saying I wholeheartedly 
endorse church life and church involvement. But what I don't wholeheartedly endorse is for people, for Christians especially, to go through their Christian life thinking that the beginning and the end of their experience as Christians and their identity as Christians is being members of a church because that is so superficial compared to the true essence of what God has done by making us members of his body. There's so many beautiful life-giving truths around this understanding of his body. So if you begin to think and understand the church in terms of it being Jesus's body, then this beautiful picture of this functioning organic thing begins to come to your mind. I mean, it's no mistake that it's the body of Christ. And it's no mistake that just as Jesus has his body, we also have a physical body. And so it helps us identify and to relate and understand as we look at the members of our bodies, our hands, our feet, our our arms, our legs, and we understand all the intricacies of how each individual member is connected to a different member. And in that connection, it functions, it moves, and everything that takes place takes place as the head specifically the brain inside the head, gives the command to control everything. And this is a beautiful understanding of what Jesus has on the earth. He has his body, and it is his church, and he has as members of his body us We are his members, and he has rightly put us into his body in significant ways so that we can all have meaningful expression and receive meaningful, life-giving experiences one with another. Now, I want to leave you with one ending thought, and I know I've just opened up a huge topic in this episode and one that we're surely going to have to dig into in a deeper way, but I just wanted to throw out, remember, we're staying focused on a, on foundational issues of identity. And so the, the, the real thing I want to focus on in our identity as related to God in this episode is that you and I are members of His body. And what characterizes our membership in the body of Christ is our relational connection to other members of his body. All right, let me say that again. What characterizes our membership in his body is our relational connection to other members in the body. We are rightly connected to the head, Jesus Christ, from whom the whole body is fit together. So the brain, the the central system of the body controls everything. So when Jesus gives a command or when Jesus gives an impulse by his spirit or he brings a word to a specific member of his body, that body responds out of a proper relationship with him. If something stands between a member and its connectedness to the brain, then we have a problem. You understand that every single member of your physical body has a direct connection to your head, to your brain. So when my brain says pinky move, my pinky moves perfectly. It doesn't have to get permission from the elbow. It is properly connected and related to the head, but... 
The pinky cannot move unless all the members that it is connected to allow it to and are rightly connected to it so that every impulse from the head can properly get to its destination. And so the way that we understand our membership in the body of Christ is understanding where we are connected to other members and understanding our connection in the body of Christ is a much more meaningful experience than understanding on the surface level our church affiliation. Because here's the truth, and I don't want this to sound harsh, I don't want to be rude, but a lot of Christians are properly associated with a church, but they are completely disconnected and functioning as a member of the body because they're not rightly related to other members of the body. Now, there's a lot of things that we could go into in the practicality of this, but I want to leave it here for now. I want to review again, just bring episodes one, two, and three right up together. Our identity is critical. If we're going to experience the fullness of everything that God has done for us and that He has created us to walk in, we're going to have to first and foremost understand that it is based on truths of things that He has done on our behalf to set us into a position of being. You can't try to be a member of the body of Christ. You are a member of the body of Christ. You can't try to be a son or a daughter. You are God's son or you are His daughter. And so when we think about identity, remember, it's the to-be verbs. It's the verb I am, you are, we are. It's the things that exist. And the more we renew our minds in these foundational truths, the more our experience of who we are takes on very deep meaning in our lives. So I want to leave you with these words. I hope you're encouraged and be blessed. And I'll see you next time. Thanks again for joining us. God bless you.